you done moving your mic? <laughs> Sorry, yes. No, no, no worries. Uh, I, it's like it's my issue for hitting record prematurely, honestly. That's but good. worth the sacrifice. Okay, so first, first things first. Um, furniture update situation. What's going on? Uh, nothing has been going on. Last what? time I said how I had ordered uh, my furniture, which wasn't entirely true. Because I was just sure I was going to do it straight after we recorded. <laughs> you lied to us. I did. And then uh, I found out that for some reason, my... Uh, I, I, so I, or- I tried to order and then I, I, like, I, do, I, I filled everything out. Everything was fine until I had to hit the final order button. <clears throat> and uh, then they said that my address couldn't be verified. What? So... Yeah, I think it's because there are multiple streets of the same name in uh, in Berlin. Uh, but that that issue should be fixed with the postcode that I had, like the zip code that I ha- also had to fill out. But for some reason, I couldn't order. So that's where I'm at right now. So I just have to start from scratch, basically. Oh, and my God. D- didn't have the time to do so yet. Oh, this is so this is an, uh, this is going, this is becoming an odyssey. Oh, what this really is becoming is a g- g- Germany section. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, a reference that literally no one will know about. It's four people who know about this, probably. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So, okay, so you're still just in a holding pattern with your f- ordering your furniture. What's the next step in? verifying your address at this point like what can you do i mean i guess i'll just have to call them Ugh. which i don't want to do but and like if because if i don't order with them like i don't want to i just i just don't want to buy stuff from ikea is my thing oh not that not that ikea is bad or anything i just it's just it's everywhere it's so boring and if you the thing is i, I was looking to buy just some used furniture yeah but 75% of that stuff is Ikea, too. So I was like, oh, no. Fair enough. I mean, like, if you can get some really cheap Ikea used furniture, get it temporarily, like, depending on how long this saga is going to take. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't know. This might, be, this might be ongoing. I mean, from what I know about Germany, <laughs> it's that, like, you might go six months without furniture. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> like the least I will have to do is to get a desk somewhere. Yeah, for sure. This whole like nightstand situation is a it's nightmare. Not tenable. For, yeah. And yesterday I actually I went to a friend's place to work there, which mainly was because also our washing machine is broken right now, so that's also nice. Um so I went with basically all of my clothes dirty in a big <laughs> bag across across the city. Not across the city. It took me like I don't know, 15 minutes in public transit, but... It's not like a five-minute walk. It's not a five-minute walk, no, no. And so I, I had like two big loads of a wa- of washing machines to be done for my laundry. And uh, yeah, I was working at the same time. So that was nice. And I had a desk and it was like relatively quiet. So I was very happy. Oy, this is a terrible situation. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, honestly. Um, I'm a little tired this morning, but that's my own fault for staying up till like 1.30, 2 a.m. yesterday. You of all people, why? I was watching a basketball game. 
Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> well, it's odd because like I was so tired before the game, about ready to fall asleep. I was like almost fall asleep, falling asleep in my chair. Mm. Struggled to stay up till the start of the game, which was 11 o'clock. And then once the game started and the game ended at like one thirty or like one fifteen, I'm just like, I have so much energy. Now it's hard to go back to sleep. Like, the adrenaline of sports. Exactly. Especially after a win. Ah, yeah. 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 Afterwards, you could have just gone to sleep. Like if you had yeah. lost, sure. Well, depending. Yeah, I think. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, man. But here we are. Um, I'm very excited about this topic today. I'm actually more prepared than I thought I would be. Not extremely prepared, not as prepared as I'd like. I think this is like on the scale of like zero to 10 hooks in terms of like my preparation. <laughs> I think I'm like uh, maybe, uh, man, straight down the middle, a five out of 10. Okay. Shit. I hate, I hate like copping out to saying five out of 10, but I think I'm like five out of 10 hooks prepared. I don't know if that's a metric that makes any sense, but I'm going to sure. go with it right now. <laughs> let's 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 just pretend it, it does. So Exactly. Because like just as a reminder to people, like in the past weekly hook, I think I was completely unprepared, which yeah. was very disappointing to myself. And for this one, I actually thought I would be even less prepared. <laughs> um, meaning I have not even thought about it at all. But we're good. I think we're okay. Um, and I, I hope that it will go well. Well, I, I'm also prepared to, because I, we, you know, I wanted to help you out a little bit because you mentioned to me, like you, you're not sure how prepared you can be. So I thought I can be prepared. I so. love it. Look at us. We're just like two prepared people always yeah. <laughs> given our a game. I love it. So without further ado today, we will be discussing I don't have any like lead into it, but I like, I could come up with one really quick. Yeah, whatever. Doesn't help at all. I'm just dancing to you singing instead of actually thinking. <laughs> so today we'll be talking about the. What the? F what is it? It's like a, it's like um, it's like a series of movies, yes, but it's also like a book, and it's like, it's, it's, shit, man. Today we'll be talking about James Bond. <laughs> so before we begin about discussing mm -hmm. the movie No Time to Die. James Bond as a whole, um, a lot of things about James Bond, and I think we, of course, have top fours, et cetera, et cetera. I want to give you a little guessing game. Okay. James Bond, the film series, is the fourth highest grossing film series of all time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me the top, the, the other four, so the top three, or the other three, the top three um film series that are above james bond so you basically we are giving a top four of the <laughs> highest grossing film series of all time yeah i mean marvel's probably there yep the mcu is number one yeah star wars probably yep. star wars is number two two for two and i feel like maybe the third one is something that people don't really think about um is it Harry Potter? It is Harry Potter. Three for three. Whoa, look nice. at you. Nice. Just to give you some numbers. So um, James Bond comes in at fourth with 7.6 billion 
gross to date. Harry Potter at $9.2 billion. Star Wars at $10.3 billion. And the MCU at $23.4 billion. Wow. Yeah. Well. That's, I mean, not, not really a surprise because the MCU has so many more movies than yeah. any of the other ones, honestly. Do um, they, though? I mean, they just started, just, it's a lot in a, like, they definitely have, like, in terms of uh, time, like, they definitely have the most movies per decade yeah. or whatever. But, I mean, uh, Actually, James Bond has a lot of movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, good point. So, James Bond has 27 films in total. Mm. Um, and that's an interesting, I mean, obviously spanning since Some 1962 decades, right like five decades or whatever six decades yeah yeah so i think that with by the end of the year marvel will have 27 so at the current mm. point they have 25 wow and i have watched like three <laughs> and i have some reason watched all of them Damn, most yeah. of them multiple times and what's interesting yes for me that harry potter is on this list with just nine movies which is incredible it's an average of a billion dollars per movie eight movies eight nine no then then it must be 10 it's either it's either eight or 10 how is it can't 10? be nine because uh, the, la the the seventh book was split into two movies yeah and then and there's the two fun f fantastic beast ones yeah and there are two oh yeah of those. sorry i did my math wrong in my head sorry i can do math <laughs> but not today eight plus two is nine right yeah yeah, Somewhere you're right. right. So it's, it's 10. Still almost a billion a, a movie, which is still incredible. It is incredible, but if you think back to what how hyped it was. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, they, all these movies at these, every single one of these top fours are always hot, hyped. Yeah, and we're already on a tangent, but I just wanted to ask you, how many of the Harry Potter movies do you think are good movies? One and a half? No, what, two and a half? What's, what, what, are, what are those? Wait, hold on. Let me think. Top, like in my head, Prisoner of Azkaban is a good film. Yes. Um. Uh. <sighs> half Blood Prince is just like I. I wonder. I can't really remember the first half of that film, just because mm. the second half is like very iconic. I don't know. I can't. I can't really think about it. I can't really remember it too much, but I yeah, would. Yeah, Prisoner is definitely the best one. That's oh, that's sure. not even close. <laughs> you know, there's a very wide gulf. And if you're going to tell me what's which Harry Potter movie is a great movie, I think it's just Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, um, for sure, for sure. And yeah, I don't. I, I remember not liking the the finale. Finale. I mean, the spectacle mm. of it was amazing, but I don't think it was like a particularly good movie. Um, yeah. I have to get back to on that. I haven't really thought too much about yeah, it because I think if if you're not, I mean, those are obviously made for the uh, for the people who love the books. But if you haven't read the books, I think those movies are pretty like not that interesting and also very confusing because they just leave out a lot of stuff that you as a reader know. But if you haven't read the books, you have no idea what's going on. Sometimes, exactly. Yeah. It's a, but anyway, it's a very... we're not talking. We're not talking about Harry Potter today, are we? We're gonna. Talk no, we about... are not. We're talking about another British film series. Yeah. That is. Well, okay. This is an interesting question. Okay, that's a Harry... that was a Harry Potter question in my head, though. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask it. We'll just focus on the task at hand. So, James Bond, uh, created in 1953 by Ian Fleming, a British journalist who spent time in the naval intelligence intelligence division in World War II. 
Um, it was originally a book that inspired uh, the first film in 19... Oh, crap, I didn't write the year down. 1962, 62? I believe. Yes, yeah. 1962, um, starring Sean Connery called Dr. No, which launched a series of about 27 to-date Bond films total. Almost all were produced by Eon Productions. Eon Films itself was actually founded to make the Bond films, found by Albert, and I love his last name, Broccoli, and yeah. Harry Saltzman. Which is also great because both of those things you used to cook. Exactly. Also, like, Harry? I don't know. I know Harry's a normal name, but I'm just like, I don't like Harry as a name. Sorry, anyone who's named Harry. <laughs> Referring you. back to Harry Potter, too, so that's nice. Oh, yeah, true. I think Harry's just a very common name in the UK. And I'm just yeah. like, I can't, I always think of like, you know, Harry as in hair. And mm. it's just, that's the only thing I think of when I hear the name Harry. Yeah. And but I mean, I'm sure you know this, but James Bond was selected as a name because it was so boring and bland. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I have that quote here actually right now. Thank you very much. So um, Ian Fleming in 1962 in an interview to the New Yorker. Great. Thank you, Wikipedia. Um quoted to say that when he wrote the first book in 1953 he wanted bond to be extremely dull uninteresting man who things happened to whom things happened i wanted him he said i wanted him to be a blunt instrument and when he was casting around the name for a protagonist he thought my god james bond is the dullest name i've ever heard do you know where that's coming from though so there's a dispute into where the name james bond comes from um, the traditional idea um, is that it came from an American ornithologist that Fleming met in the Caribbean, but recent reports have surfaced that um, there was a British intelligence officer that worked under Fleming named James C. Bond. Um, so it's actually up until debate. It's up for debate right now in terms of where the name actually does is is, is inspired from. But it's an interesting like. Uh, question that i think there are multiple answers to but when there's multiple answers to a question is there an actual answer to it so wow i have to think about that for a second but please go on <laughs> <laughs> yeah i unknowingly just gave a very philosophical question so yeah. this is already such a wacky episode and i love it <laughs> <laughs> that's great so i think what's interesting about or one of the things like from his initial inception james bond it's crazy to imagine how james bond has like transformed its image from that original dull man who to whom things happened yet i think and i would argue that in the daniel craig uh, and especially in the most recent uh movie or movies that have come out it actually comes back to fruition in the sense that he is one of my arguments about this film this last film no time to die is that he is the dullest part of the film but it's so it's so so it's very interesting how like there is this he is it at one point in time the ultimate manifestation of i guess quote unquote heavy air quotes or heavy heavy scare quotes gentleman masculinity but i think in this cycle that we're going through with what james bond is and how he has become and how he has manifested in his most recent series of films he has turned into the more so the original dull character that things tend to happen towards him that has 
you know, at one point at face value, a significant amount of agency, but that is under undermined by the more interesting characters that sort of surround his, you know, aura, I guess. But we're not there yet. I already have so much to to discuss with you right now, but I'm keeping back. No, 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 it's fine. One of the seminal things about James Bond is the casting of James Bond himself as the titular character and also what's it's, I find it interesting how it's a singular character and I can't really think of other examples maybe you can come up with this but uh, other examples where you have the same named character that just gets kept recast and recast over time and I find it a very fascinating um, idea and in in its conception and it must have been a very interesting thing for them to do after the original like films with the with Sean Connery uh, but that aside, just a quick listing of those who have played James Bond in total. So we have Sean Connery, who is the original James Bond. And following him, we have a series of men who have played James Bond, such as David Niven, who only did, and George Lazenby, who only did one film each. Roger Moore, who basically dominated the 70s and early 80s. Timothy Dalton in the late 80s, who did a couple films. Pierce Brosnan in the late 90s. And Daniel Craig since the mid-2000s until 2021. So it's a, it's a large number of people, obviously. And there's always a question that comes up, who is the next James Bond? Who is the next James Bond? And... I guess like I can't think of any I'm not going to ask answer that question who I think it's going to be now at this point we will get to that at some point but it's a very interesting like when you think when you reflect on James Bond as there are superheroes it's superhero-esque in the sense that there are superheroes that go through this so that who is the new Batman who is the new Spider-Man etc cetera, etc cetera, um, or Superman whatever but it is it doesn't seem to me that there are many other examples outside of masked superheroes that get so much of a recasting and it's sort of James Bond has transcended the normal plane of humanity to a certain extent and has become <laughs> a superhero to it. And it's a, a very fascinating place for, for a character who is ostensibly just a spy. Right. But again, yeah. So I don't know. It's it's very interesting to think about, honestly. And also, one of the fascinating things to me is the place of James Bond within the Cold War context it's created, the p- yeah. immediate post-war context, and then what do you do with James Bond? This is the really the ultimate question to me, is that what have they done with James Bond in the post-Cold War era? And it, it's very different, obviously, but it is also very similar and has similar beats um, one of the challenges that came about when the Pierce Brosnan films were being released in the 1990s was an interesting, like, re- they were quoted as remaking James Bond for a high-tech future world with, like, a new moral standards or whatever. And this is in 1995. And it is, it's crazy to me how, you know, because in 1995, they made GoldenEye. And that was Pierce Brosnan's like greatest, his only good, I would argue, his only good <laughs> James Bond film. But it's 
it was seen as like a heralding of a new era of James Bond. And to me, that's somewhat analogous to moving past the Cold War narrative and bringing sort of this James Bond as this beacon of success for Britain and the West over um, this decade-long conflict or pseudo-conflict. Yeah, I, th- I think it's important that you also mention like Britain because I think James Bond, is it's not just the Cold War, it's also the British Empire and the remnants yes. of that. Yes, I think that's a very good uh, point for sure. And it is like, it is in some ways the manifestation of Britishness in mm. that way. Um, simultaneously trying to hold on to this idea of gentlemanliness that is not really appropriate in the 20th and 21st century. Um, or is fading, I guess, or is undermined, or is actually being exposed as flawed. Maybe that's the best way to put it. (laughs) So there's so much within James Bond in terms of high-level thoughts. So, I mean, I've thrown some out there. I've thrown the idea of gentlemanliness, masculinity, also femininity, and its its role in Bond, or lack of a role in Bond, or lack of an active role sometimes in Bond objectification one might say yes thank you so much um and then that's all stuff and then also obviously the cold war the the fledgling british empire as well um and you see all of these that no matter how much to a certain extent bond tries to diverge from that and it does in recent films and we'll discuss that um i think it often falls short in terms of its ability to i guess this is getting into our discussion of no time to die because it is a it is one of the films that most actively try to do that um but it often falls short in actually changing the dynamic enough that so that it actually um can transcend its traditional tropes i guess Mm. is one way to put it but I'm going to let you respond to some of the comments that I've made, and then hopefully we can transition into the discussing the most recent adaptation of James Bond, Daniel Craig's last film, No Time to Die. Yeah, I think James Bond as a series is kind of indicative as like a, for a certain subset of people who try to struggle, like to cope with, or like maybe to come to grips with change in a way because it is about things that are changing like the uh, the, the, the uh, kind of the end of the formal british empire we have the cold war that is also obviously it's very interesting to see because uh, bond as a film series started right in the i mean in like <laughs> with the cuban missile crisis more or less and obviously has now outlived the cold war but as a film series as well, has kind of struggled sometimes to see, okay, what's next? Like, who can the big bads be now? Like, it's it's not, it doesn't suffice, uh, you know, if it's just like some Russian guy anymore. But it is also, as a series, kind of indicative of, like, the, this whole s- struggle to accept change is also on a meta level also applies to the series itself because with Daniel Craig specifically, 
you know, there was this whole outcry that suddenly Bond had depth and that it kind of diverged from this blueprint that all of uh, all of the James Bond series to that point had followed to the most part. And um, yeah, I think that's kind of a thing to keep in mind whenever you're thinking about Bond because I tried to... It was a, there was a, a brief period where I tried to watch all of the Bond movies in like within a few weeks. Whoa! Uh, and I didn't get I did I did get quite far, but not I I couldn't I didn't watch any of the Timothy Dalton or Pierce Brosnan ones, unfortunately. So you start at the beginning and then yeah, and my my I made my way through, and it just struck me how similar they all are in a sense, um, and. That that is definitely appealing for a lot of people, and um, I just found the uh, kind of discussion about Daniel Craig's Bond to be very important and very telling in a way. Where you know there was this this backlash against like no, we want Bond as he always does, like I don't know, denigrating women and using them as objects and being like just like a jolly old fella who is doing things for the good of the empire or whatever kind of um and just you know killing people left and right and we just want to enjoy th- things and keep politics out of our cinema where duh like if you don't see like it's always political spoiler alert and yeah so i think that's it is kind of as a series is it is kind of one of its kind because there aren't really any other film series that have been going on for almost 60 years now and you can kind of tell all the changes that have occurred more or less in those movies honestly like your point about change especially with the daniel craig bond and i mean he is he doesn't have the most movies but he is close to the longest lasting bond in terms of Mm. number of years but it has it diverges so much from the model as much as it can and we can i guess discuss that further but you're right in the sense that i wonder and i think to a large extent that's a reflection of cinema at large or in society at large um that has started to really evolve i don't want to say society's evolved too much because it really hasn't in some ways but (laughs) yeah it cinema in particular i was let me stick to cinema here and the expectations that we have from our protagonist in cinema have evolved that is clear Mm. and that is something that is definitely reflective of this daniel craig era of film and it's a very difficult line to toe and honestly i don't wish i were in the shoes of those people trying to create (laughs) this film honestly if i if they hired me to direct a daniel uh not a daniel craig a james bond film i would just run away as fast as i possibly could actually maybe not for the millions of dollars i'd probably i would (laughs) would love that i would really love that and i would personally just embrace the change and just do things differently and fuck the haters yeah well because you know you got to do the right thing and the right thing is you know do you want to be stale and clinical and follow the the guidelines or do you think like how can we adapt and change because honestly sure sure that will drive away some people but fuck them like honestly like that will that that will draw even from an like economic perspective like 
if you change it and make it more like progressive and of its time maybe um that will open up like if if you change that truly sure some people will not like that but there will be other people who will like it and will come to like it and so i don't know that, that that's just kind of the same argument as like oh like having a female lead in whatever kind of movie that's not like people just won't show up and buy the tickets it's like that's not true at all so yeah there's that yeah i don't know where to go for there sorry <laughs> 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 wow uh you left me speechless wow that's like a maybe a serial hooks first <laughs> yeah the only other time you were speechless was when you accidentally muted yourself <laughs> <laughs> i guess on that note i do you want to transition since we've been kind of like circling daniel craig yeah. as james bond should we start to talk about the film no time to die yes absolutely. and i guess that here at this point i'll give a little spoiler warning that we'll talk about the film itself um and there will be spoilers so if you haven't watched the film maybe if you want to pause go watch the film and come back honestly i don't care <laughs> yeah with this one particularly it's not that important <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> hey i got the joke thanks i that was a joke right <laughs> No. Well, it wasn't a joke? No, I meant that. Really? The spoiler is actually like important for this one, I would say. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Okay, so here's here's okay, I will I want to start with a rant. Wait, wait, hold on. It's like for the first time in James Bond history, he has a child. For the first time in James Bond history, he dies. Like these are like spoilers. Okay, though, yeah, those are, those are spoilers. Sure. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. How yeah, is yeah. that a big spoiler? Like Christoph Waltz dies like halfway through the film. That's a huge spoiler. Like these yeah. things are and okay. also okay. like huge like throwing away your best chip or your best toy basically but we can get back to that okay so so yeah so there are you, there are a fuck ton of spoilers and i just listed like half of them. <laughs> yes 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 okay i i will give yeah. you that but yeah, yeah. and i'm and i'm glad like at least that's something that the uh, the trailers didn't spoil because i watched watched the trailers because i don't really care as much about james bond i mean i'm going to watch the movies but this one was actually the first one i watched in, at the cinema um, because I don't care about it that much. Um, I don't know, you know, the trailers just spoiled every like major action sequence, and I was so annoyed um, by that. I mean, of course, like the more grounded things, it didn't spoil, and I think that's great. <laughs> but that's what trailers do, Chris. Yeah, I know that they spoil. I know, I know. But... And that's not not that doesn't go against like this specific movie or this specific trailer. Just like trailers in general, I fucking hate like contemporary trailers. They're the worst. That's why I don't watch them. Random. Okay. I mean, that's fine. I love I love trailers, but I also like have the ability to forget what I saw in trailers. Like I don't remember the trailer for this. Yeah, film. I will. Like, I will. I will latch onto every single second of it and every single detail. And that's why, like, all of the great like action set pieces were in the fucking trailer. Yeah, I mean, that's what they do. Yeah, and that's why I fucking hate them. So don't watch them. Problem solved. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, I think I think for you, teasers are better than trailers, where they actually just do like a like a thirty second, just be like, "We're announcing this film." Some uh, dramatic music. That's it. No. Yeah, actual, and I like, watched I watched the trailer because I thought, yeah, I don't care about that. 
that much and then <laughs> I went, as i watched it i was like, no oh, this would have been so amazing if i hadn't already known that that was coming you know <laughs> and so overall would you say you like this movie yeah i like this movie mm-hmm. um more than i expected honestly uh specter was like uh, a tragedy tragedy honestly yes um skyfall was great I would say, or I really don't, like get, ahead, don't get ahead of yourself. We're going to rank them later. Yeah, on. I know, but I'm just like, I'm not going to go any further back than that. How about that? Okay. I mean, cause like what's interesting about this like series of Daniel Craig's films is that they all lead into the, into one another as opposed mm-hmm. to every other James Bond film, which is something I really like and, and really do like to have, but it's almost like a pro to MCU or just like a, tri- like a f- series of films. <laughs> Sure. character and MC, uh, mcu is completely different because there's like entirely different protagonists for every film it's okay, fine whatever don't have to... <laughs> i don't care <laughs> i can i cannot even try to express how little i care about the mcu so i know i know i know i know so you like the movie yes i like the movie cool yeah i i, I don't know i uh i had high hopes for this one which is bad because expectations uh, kill, on, pe- kill things but i also like the movie Oh wow! Um, okay. There are big, big problems that I have with it. Um, of course, but there are also great, great things about it. Great performances. Um, I think it, visually it was beautiful. I think, uh, I think the uh, the directing by uh, you know was was really, really, really good. Kerry um, Fukunaga is a genius. Is so good. And I snapped you and I snapped you just to remem- remind you. Anyway, um, I, uh, when we did the first Star Wars oh, wow. drafts, I snapped yeah. Another you. thing, another reference that no one will know yes. anything about. Uh, <laughs> no, that was just for you. You can cut that. Um, oh, I'm keeping that in. Damn it. <laughs> There's so many tangents today. I'm sorry, people. We're both weird today. No, I, I'm really sorry for you, Chris, because I don't edit that much. So... All the the stupid things I say are gonna get left in this time. Damn yes. It. <laughs> okay. I thought I I will take umbrage with something you said. Okay. Uh, earlier that you think Daniel Craig's Bond is dull. Oh sure. no no no! Hold on hold on. Yes, dull but not boring. If okay. that makes sense. or not. Yeah. Uh, I actually find that what they did with Daniel Craig in this film th- one of the best things with da- with a James Bond ever. Yes. Um, in the way that I, he like interacts with ptsd alcohol issues Mm. depression all of these things that like depict bond as infallible that doesn't mean that he is uh being dull doesn't mean boring being i think that he's just not as a expressive or um, yeah but uh, i think his performance his performance was really astounding i really liked his acting here yeah, yeah, Daniel Craig's a good actor when yeah. he's given good direction. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like all of these roles, I mean, I'm we're gonna we're probably going to talk about all of the different characters, and just shout out at, at like right now, Ana de Armas. Yes, so yes, the best performance is MVP. so good, so good. My favorite part of the entire movie. Yes, like it's <laughs> so oh good. my god, I just like I am in love. Like I I love Ana de Armas and anything yeah. that she is right. in. Like. And we have already talked about. I mean, nobody knows, but we have talked about how much we like her before. But yeah, no, she's, she's, she's just, a, oh. the boss. Honestly, I just like that's my biggest complaint about this movie. Honestly, is I yeah. have one more Ana de Armas and Christoph Waltz. But that's just really um, Christoph Waltz Inspector was very disappointing. Yeah. But in his short screen time in this film, if you 
dissect that away from what happened in Spectre, I mm. think he was very affecting. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very so true. It's, it's hard to do that, but if they used him more in this film, I think that he definitely would have redeemed himself because ultimately I found what they did with Rami Malek very disappointing as well. Such a boring villain. So, okay, here's something that I, I, I have realized that how much I like a Bond movie depends on the villain. It really depends on the villain. Yeah. And this is not against Rami Malek. Maybe it's more against the writers that this is such a boring, boring villain. That's like a, that is one of, one of these run of the mill type of uh, villain, Bond villains. But with Craig, we have, I mean, there have been also like bland Daniel Craig villains. But you, we've had the best villain, in my opinion, the best villain we've ever had was Silver in Skyfall. Yeah. Uh, in any James Bond movie. And so and I, I like Rami Malek as a as like a as an actor. So and so I was kind of excited um to to have him be in this movie. But just the I didn't care at all. He was like there was no malice, there was no threat. I mean, of course it it was like there, but it, th- that's just because it was written there, but there was never like this sense of like you that has you like on the edge of your seat sort of thing. It just, I was just like, yeah, whatever. My biggest problem with the villain here or Rami Malek as a villain is his motivations are entirely unclear after yeah. he gets his revenge on Spectre. Fine, I understood that Spectre, he has to kill Spectre out of revenge. That makes sense, I guess. It's really dull in the way that it happens and very kind of like out of nowhere and kind of makes no sense, especially like by how big we knew Spectre to be. Honestly, mm-hmm. like you killed everyone in one second. Like, okay. But then it's like after that, his why does he want to kill everyone in the world? Like, it just seems so yeah. boring and kind of like just because run of the he mill. can or shall because that's what villains do nowadays. That's uh, it's like about technology and asymmetrical warfare and blah blah blah. And there's a reference to it in when M and Daniel Craig, sorry, yeah. M and James Bond have the conversation, and it's just like oh, the like the usual stuff basically yeah yeah oh things have changed again changed stuff right it's like oh back in the day you could be like in the same room and you knew who you were fighting and what they were fighting for and blah 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 it's like who cares like where are you from are you from the fucking 1950s or what yeah well i mean that note in particular is fine i'm fine with that line of like the the villain changing the the face of the villain changing and how like we combat conflicts is different today but they've done that in the previous three bond movies as well yeah but yeah i'm saying that's fine but having a villain you need to have a strong villain doesn't excuse having like a weekly written and Mm. kind of motivationless and aimless villain honestly yeah and honestly like after covid this kind of weapon thing was not good i mean obviously this is all filmed before covid and they're not going to film and redo the film of course but it was just oh no honestly i don't care like (laughs) honestly like people have like just like pandemic like um or apocalyptic disease shit or films are going to always happen and just get over yourselves people it's like covid happened let's (laughs) like let's move on (laughs) god sure i'm so insensitive um yeah so i have Uh, a question for you a very important question okay so there's a child in this film chris (laughs) Yes. And whenever there's a child in a movie, I'm just like, oh crap. Yeah. Um, what is Chris <laughs> gonna think? <laughs> yeah. I did it didn't even occur to me, honestly. 
Um, That's probably a good sign. I mean, she mo- she was mostly just quiet and kept to herself and was like cute. So yeah, okay. It's actually I, like that's other the thing I was thinking about is like it's an ideal child for you because she doesn't say anything. And yeah, but she also doesn't do anything, so that was kind of boring. Yeah, she's a MacGuffin. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, I don't. I I'm not saying she should have been crying the whole time, but but like a side note, her being quiet all that time is like also not realistic. But anyway, she was really quiet. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah, I I didn't mind at all, and I obviously like we talked about plot. You definitely, you were definitely right to point out that there are some major pl- uh, like spoilers here, but uh, and some huge things. And I I do like the whole like him having a child and having like a I I I don't care about the whole like ooh having children means you have like uh, you know you leave something behind. I don't care for that at all. Probably not surprising anyone, but I I don't know for some reason. I like it with Daniel Craig's James Bond, especially because they do point out he was like an orphan, whatever. And you always have to wonder with these like types, like these like spies and whatever, like why are they doing that exactly? Like, I mean, sure, some do it for quote unquote the good of the country or whatever. But um, like, I think there is always this this like motivation of doing it for the next generation, and I think it grounds Bond in this movie in an extent than only kind of a child can do yeah i think that's true to a certain extent i wish i find that plot point though was thrown in a little bit too late yeah that might have been like a rewrite or something yeah i don't think it was a rewrite i think that was just generally the plan but Mm. they needed to have i think the whole film should have been him being a father or starting out with him because like you don't have much you have like literally one scene where he's making her like a sandwich and that's the only fatherly james bond that you see and then obviously yeah. like he picks up her little doo-doo like a little like doll thing and then just it's just like yeah i mean yeah that's me- meant to convey how much he does care about her and how much like you know he's just like going out of his way for her but honestly like you needed to build that up a little bit more before you then go and kill him yeah i do i did like though like the in the very beginning when um uh i i don't i don't remember any of the names i'm just gonna go with actors like christoph waltz's character oh it's blofeld right yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay that's the one <laughs> it's like because it's like blofeld i remember his name but uh like blofeld throws like you know throws a rift between between him and Lea sedu and i just really like that like you can see the paranoia that comes with being in the spy business you know it's like can i trust you and everything and i really liked um the very end as well i mean obviously bond dies which is a first and i i kind of i knew that that's never that was not gonna happen but i kind of hoped for a uh, the dark knight rises ending nice yeah Um, i was like waiting for him to just get like shot in the head like randomly (laughs) like i wasn't (laughs) (laughs) that would have been bad but yeah i I like this like the end scene with the with like the call and like she has your eyes and i know i just wish they would have cut the second i know i don't know why it's something i feel very strongly about one one time would have been amazing two times it's like uh that the end scene was like good to me but i feel like it was for me just like a little long i would say a little over elongated Mm. in my but that's just like me being over picky um you're killing james bond for the first time ever i totally get why you're going to have this like huge uh um set piece there or this huge thing but listen i will never complain for anyone being picky so yeah good point 
but no I, yeah you're the one who just said you only say i know once yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite shot of the film though is like when they are coming out of the plane with you have this this camera on that's like on their little i don't know what you want to call it this little like thing where they fall a free fall basically yeah. underwater to go into the island it's a beautiful shot of them just coming out of the plane and just like jet setting it gives you a sense of this mm-hmm. getting like sucked into the air and just like free flowing free falling it, it was a really nice effective like shot i mean the direction is beautiful all throughout it's yeah, really well done is amazing yeah and I really appreciated that. That's like my my particular favorite shot. And then also they have this like the one shot action sequence as he's going up through the stairs. Like they always like, yeah. So many films do this now, um, but it's for some reason always gets me. It's always effective. <laughs> you have this like one shot um, fight scene where you mm. end up feeling claustrophobic and you feel like you're going through the battle in a way. It's yeah. I found that very you know another nice. Uh, move by the director for sure quick shout out to the movie atomic blonde that for my money has the best kind of scene like that ever so check that out um i i especially liked as well in that scene like with the grenade and the grenades like he has the one grenade he throws it up and then like three grenades come down that was hilarious um and i really loved to you know seeing jeffrey wright as felix leiter again and their like death like his death scene was great too really touching i liked his death scene because it came out of nowhere i love it when yeah. like they just kill off characters in that way where you don't expect it mm-hmm. um so it's and it was like had consequences in that uh, and yeah. that's kind of what i was hoping for with james bond in a way instead of this like really long big but I, I get why for James Bond they decided to go. And it is kind of a, like a callback to Vesper as well, because that's also you know trapped underwater. Yeah, I mean Felix is bleeding out, but still, you you are led to believe that if he was able to get to the surface, he would have survived, right? Yeah, probably. Whether that's intentional or subconsciously, that's what you're like expecting to believe, because that's yeah. how James Bond works. Exactly. <laughs> like if you get shot they stitch you up and you mo- keep moving on yeah you like you just like have a have a funny funny one-liner put something on the on the wound and then everything's good in like five seconds exactly that but i think one of the things that sort of characterizes this film and also all of daniel craig's films is that of consequences i mean you mentioned change but i yeah. think legitimate consequences to what happens in the past affecting how you live i mean the fact that he still has his love for vesper that kind of that it transcends his entire arc as daniel craig is bond is obviously a first and it's really affecting and in this world that he lives in as james bond he is living with the struggles of pseudo not exactly real life but almost real life issues and how that would plague a caricature he's almost a caricature right and his habits mm. like the the over like the over drinking and they make references to him drinking too much the womanizing the constant like as you said the distrust that you have with everyone around you because of your career and all these things sort of coming up and psychologically breaking you down as a person and these are some of the consequences that sort of come out when you have a more realized character and it's definitely one of the things that is unique to james bond in this era yeah but also one of the things that i really like about this movie in particular because all these things are coming to a head and actually 
affecting how he relates to other people around him. And consequently, his relationship with Leia Seydoux, uh, Madeleine, sorry, and also his potentially his inability to have more time with his daughter who he does who does end up he he doesn't really have much time with because he kind of threw her on the train right after conception i assume yeah Ugh. speaking of drinking too much i really liked the interaction with bond and m yeah. and bond like challenging m and questioning he, whether he's still up for his job basically because he does drink a lot yeah and all of this back and forth and you that's kind of the last that's like the only quote-unquote gentlemanly thing here where you kind of get over it and then like you meet again and every like water under the bridge basically i kind of like that no i like i like his interaction with oh i don't know the name of the actor right now sorry uh, but with this new M, because Judy Dench is mm. the M for James Bond, obviously. Ralph finds the yeah. actor. Thank you. Um, and you can see, you can sense a certain level of derision on the on behalf of James Bond towards mm. this new M, and it is, and not mis, and a certain level of mistrust as well. Like you don't yeah. think that he believes that. Uh, this M has like the, his best interests at, at heart. I don't think he would have questioned Judy Dench as M uh, as much as he did Ralph Fiennes as M. Also, like this M really fucked up. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's him, not yeah. good. Yeah. Um, I really like the way they handled it with the new 007 with Lashana Lynch. Um, She's awesome. I really liked her. Yeah. Um. I kind of hope she's the next Bond. Well, I, I mean, she's not going to be Bond. She's going to be 007. And I think that's an important distinction that we'll have to make. And we'll talk about it, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but that one can be, be 007 and not be Bond. That's. I mean, obviously, this this movie has shown this. But yeah. that, would, that would be an interesting um, way to go about it, right? You already tease the person and then they come back. That would be great. I loved... I loved uh, David Denchik as Ob- Dr. Oberchef. He was fucking hilarious, I thought. Uh, that that was really... like, And also this... Just he's the probably scene. the best villain. Yeah, that's definitely true. And just, but he's also so pathetic in a way. Um, but I love that. Uh, and like, I don't know, I, I thought that his, his performance was great. Especially when he's... Get, like when... When Seffen has, has him like taken from the lab and like when his like... Uh, henchmen, I guess, hench people. Uh, <laughs> like what they do with the others, obviously, they just kill everyone. And especially when he has to make that choice, who of his colleagues he's going to take with him. Like, and you can see it, uh, like in the reaction, the other, like the lady knows, like that means she's going to die in like five seconds. And she yeah. does. Yeah. And I think that was really well done. There's so many good characters in this film. Yeah, honestly. It's, it's a shame that they were wasted on this stupid plot. And this weird pacing as well. Yeah, I think it's a consequence of the writing. I I, I really liked Leia Seydoux in this film. Mm-hmm. I liked her a lot more than Inspector. Spectre, yeah. she was really disappointing. I mean, she is a phenomenon herself. <laughs> uh, but in the just the, the quality of the film, Spectre just doesn't come doesn't hold up to this no. one. No, no. And no. I think that like she is so so good in here. And I like her as a companion to James Bond, and I was also like as a mother to her child. I pseudo just like a small thing. I love the bilingualism that they have going on. 
Yeah. Um, just like flipping between languages in a way that's a really nice way to do it. It's a good representation for those who do grow up in bilingual households. So that's a, that's a fun little like quirk there. But I think she is just amazing. She, and the problem is, the problem is, she is uh, Anna Anna de Armas outshines everyone in this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And all I want is her more Anna de Armas. Uh, I want like an Anna de Armas spinoff television show where she oh, goes yes. around like. She's a CIA mole, right, in, in Cuba, right? So yeah. I just want her doing that for 10 seasons in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely up for that. Um, <laughs> or, yeah, I'm ho- I hope she makes another appearance in the future. In she must. She, after the reaction for her, her like, appearance here, she must. I, I can't uh, You imagine. mean on this podcast? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, it's not just us who's talking about yeah, her. of course like, not. Literally... I mean, Everything Everyone. that I've listened to or read, like, just loves yeah. her performance in this. Yeah, movie. I have no idea who, what anyone's reaction is. I just know my own and now yours. So, well, here we are. Um, I don't know if you want to say anything else about this film before we kind of go into our usual rankings and <laughs> hypothesizing, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. No, I think you know it's a it's a it's a good movie. It has a, it has kind of sometimes giant flaws but overall i would say i did enjoy watch watching it and yeah. uh yeah a friend of mine like i i had been on the phone with a friend like an hour before the movie before i watched it and i was telling him like yeah i'm gonna watch bond and like he's like oh yeah maybe like i because that was like too short term for him to just join me um I see. And, and then afterwards i was like yeah i could i could watch it again you know? Yeah, no, I've already seen it twice. I'll probably see it a third time in theaters yeah. before. I mean, so far, I have only watched one movie twice in the cinema in my life. So, whoa, I what know. movie is that? Uh, La Grande Bellezza. Uh, okay, I watched it on two consecutive nights, too. Yeah, so. I remember the story. <laughs> yeah, so, um, that was that. But, I, yeah, I will also watch a certain other movie a second time in the next week or so. Okay, so here we are, and we're going to do our obligatory top fours. Um, I think we have a couple top fours before we then go into something that every single person who's talked about Bond is going to do. We'll just mm-hmm. save that for the end. Actually, no, we only have not a, we have one top four. Whatever. One top five. <laughs> one top five, and then whatever. Then whatever. some ideas, yeah. Then the not surprise, surprise. So I think I want to begin by talking about, since we've talked about Daniel Craig so much, let's mm. go through and rank the daniel craig films and i think there is correct me if i'm wrong and i I, we could Mm be we have different orders between them but there is generally at at least the bottom two and then the top three i think we get yeah i would say there that there's like the bottom two then there's one movie in there and then there are the top two in my i see well yeah but there's like three ones that are three are way better than they're they're just two that are bullshit that i wouldn't even put on if you had asked me to do a top four and not just to rank them i would have just had a top three yeah uh yeah but that's really like it's like the gulf is huge between the bottom (laughs) two and the top three like you can quibble about the top three obviously but then like yeah and i had a really like hard time to even think okay which one of the bad movies is worse oh for me it was easy but okay we can get into that okay interesting so coming in at number five for me the worst daniel craig bond film is quantum of solace yes same 
Number four, Spectre. I think yes. we can both agree on that. Perfect. That we're in. <laughs> we yeah. are in agreement. Yeah, because like Quantum of Solace is. I I like the idea of him taking like a movie to grapple with Vesper's death, but that's like the only thing that's like as an idea. That's just the idea of it, and everything like the actual movie is just terrible. Yeah. Spectre at least has bits and pieces that are interesting, like the first shot in Mexico City, like the whole yeah, sequence. Cool. That's great, and there are like little bits and pieces throughout that I really liked. Just yeah, the overall I, story, I couldn't care for at all. Yeah, and it's just like a badly directed movie, honestly. Other than the yeah. opening shot, um, but that's fine. And I think I also do agree with you that the top two are clearly the top two, um, yeah. and. That actually people have, or at least I have, I, I think we might disagree in terms of like the order there, but I think number coming in at number three clearly is No Time to Die. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, And before we get into the top two, sure. I had a really hard time because I, I haven't seen Casino Royale in a long time. I wanted to watch it before we ranked this. And I thought I, uh, I had like the decisive factor for one over the other. And then I thought of another thing and that, what changed it around and i think it's a minuscule like on any given day my opinion is probably different honestly same and not no. the that the fact that i have a minuscule uh difference between the two a specific one like you do and i'm sure you will share it with us but it's that like on a daily day-to-day -day basis my opinion changes between the two of them um but as it stands today my number two is Skyfall, and my number one is Casino Royale. Same. <laughs> Whoa! I, I literally changed it like before we, like an hour before we started recording. <laughs> I have I watched Skyfall way more time, way more times, and I love. So okay, here's my thing. I love Silva. Silva is the best Bond villain ever, but I think Vesper is amazing. She is the best thing that's ever been in Bond, almost. Other than Ana de Armas, obviously. Uh, ob honestly, obviously. <laughs> uh, it's close. Whoa! It's close. Don't you it's dare close. besmirch the name of Ana de Armas. I'm not besmirching her. I'm just uh, elevating Ever Evergreen. Yeah, no, she's um, great. And just the whole... Because that was the first time that a quote-unquote... What was it? Is it Bond girl? I don't even know. Because that's such yeah, a technically. term. Companion to Bond, I guess. Yeah, like she's, she's like actually like giving, her, like giving him shit. And stuff like like she's she's like challenging him, and that's like kind of a first. It's great, honestly. Uh, the first the first time that a, that like a female that's not M is actually like a like a f kind of fully fledged character, I would say in Bond. So I think she's great, and I think that for me, when I close my eyes and think about Bond, I think of Casino Royale. Honestly, yeah, uh, it's the movie I've seen the most, um, and I. I just really like it. Uh, Skyfall is also amazing. They're both yeah. such good films and far and away the best um, Daniel Craig Bond films. But yeah, it's it's interesting how you with with Bond uh, with Craig you had like a good movie, a bad movie, a good movie, a bad movie, and like a good movie. Yeah, I j I just had I that's why my kind of my hope was that it was gonna be like as good as Casino Royale and Skyfall. Ah, uh, I see. So, <laughs> but. And it wasn't that, but it was still good and enjoyable. The casting on point, though, like, honestly. Throughout. Even the guy from uh, Fleabag, uh, Hugh, Dan Hugh Dancy or whatever his name Oh, was. yeah, in, in uh, Spectre? No, 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 no. Oh. He, was, he, was in, uh, the, he was the other scientist, basically. Oh, yeah. Sorry. You know, wow. He's, he's yeah, yeah, the yeah. guy from the bank in Fleabag. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
that's obviously a Phoebe Waller Bridge thing. Um, yeah, that's maybe something that you know we could have talked about previously. But oh, sorry. Time. Shout out to Phoebe Waller Bridge. Yeah, you can definitely tell she she polished some of the dialogue and like some of the jokes for sure. That's definitely her sense of humor. So yeah, the, I'm sad that she like maybe didn't have a larger role. Yeah, she should probably just write the next one entirely herself. Yes, please. I would, I would love that. So I think we should now go into our top four james bonds in general Mm -hmm. what's interesting about james bond is that it just seems that every generation has their bond that they're associated with and who they like have an emotional connection with but considering all of that for the quality of the films and it's good that you've seen most of them i guess you haven't seen pierce brosnan ones Mm, and timothy dalton too and timothy dalton but timothy dalton only has two right so it's not that but i mean he also has a really good one there so it's it's and Brosnan apparently only has one good one too. So, <laughs> uh, I would argue that I mean Roger Moore only has a good one, good one too. So, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, okay, like that. I only have a top three because I kind of I can't really talk about Lazenby and Niven. Got it. Like you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, single guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, what are your? Oh, you only have a top three, so I'll only yeah, give my so top four then. My yeah. four. My four is Pierce Brosnan. Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of the first attempt to redefine 007 that kind of fails miserably in my mind um but he does have one good movie and that's goldeneye he's quite like i mean he's he's fine like i'm die another day and tomorrow never dies are good titles but that's about it (laughs) um i'm not a huge fan of pierce brosnan but goldeneye is good enough in my mind to kind of move him forward above uh timothy dalton who Mm. would be i guess number five but yeah my number three is roger moore because i mean i only had three to choose from and uh i like him just generally but i think he's like a little bit too silly uh, uh and also he's a little bit too old in mm. my opinion um, and that's my that might be closer to the original idea of bond but maybe it's because i have been kind of you know i've been like used to craig who's who started out fairly young so i just associate bond with being younger of course now craig is also in his 50s but more already started when he was like pretty old i think and he yeah i don't know i don't know what it is it's maybe just like his lack of physicality and a lot of things too he's not he's not like up there yeah it's really interesting i mean Age plays a lot. My, my number three is also Roger Moore. Um, and I think there's a huge gap between the top two and the rest in my mm. mind. But Roger Moore has, like, again, one good movie, <laughs> I would say. Like, yeah. one really good movie. I'd say Spy Who Loved Me is good. Um, I'm not a huge fan of all the other ones. But the physicality is a big aspect of it. I think what's cool about the Daniel Craig era is that you're able to see him age into the, into the old version of. 007 that we're familiar Mm. with and that they make it part of a plot exactly exactly and that's really that's really interesting i mean yeah i think your 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 you know points about roger moore are kind of make sense and i wouldn't really add too much other than the fact that like it's it's kind of disappointing that most bonds have not been that great honestly yeah Yeah. Uh, so yeah i guess we can go into the top two um what's your number two my number two is and my number one, yeah, there was no question in my mind that Sean Connery is number two and Craig is number one because 
there are two Craig movies that are better than any other Bond movie ever made. And sometimes it's also difficult to, you know, to maybe separate between the actor and the movie in, in overall. And I just really like what they did with Craig as Bond. And, and like, Craig also has, you know, has had some influence about that, which is also a first that he kind of had a say in the, uh, in the scripts. At, to some extent at least and i think it it is just a modern like a contemporary kind of way to approach such a character with like the the modern filmmaking and just the storytelling of it and you know connery is he is like the og bond and he's great but craig is just way better i think what your point that is interesting is that you have to dissect james bond himself from the films in some ways or often direction that they take on a larger scale i would say um yes while skyfall and casino royale are probably better than i mean i I haven't really thought about it too much so i'm not gonna say that they're the best bond films ever but they're better than at least most of the other films um i would say that batting average the sean connery films are actually better yeah um i mean dr no from russia with love goldfinger like are you kidding like the, to start off james like james bond with like those series of films and also like the sean connery films or sean connery sort of set the stage for everything in the way that like if that wasn't that good you wouldn't have james bond till this day right it's it's somewhat of a star wars thing where like Mm-hmm. the the original trilogy just like made everything or on my mind episode five made everything so good that it just kind of propelled everything that came after it to to mm-hmm. a large extent it's yeah like sean as you said sean connery is the original james bond like he defines what james bond is and everything is everything that's created after him is in reflection of sean connery in particular whether it's as an homage to sean connery or as as in daniel craig's case like undermining what they set up with the like narrative pillars of the sean connery james bond's films right so sean connery is james bond everything else is reacting to sean connery as james bond all that said i have the same ranking sean connery number two (laughs) daniel craig number one but it is extremely close for me honestly all that you said about daniel craig's like performance and narrative structure through the throughout the films i find it amazing i i have to say everything with a caveat and say that like we are i'm sure beyond our as much as we try not to be we are i'm sure biased to our generation oh, yeah recency bias and all of that so exactly so and also like the the movement of cinema exactly and how we engage with characters on the screen is entirely different than, than it was in the 60s so it's an almost an unfair game it's like trying to put like an athlete for the modern era put them back in the 50s and they'd score like a thousand goals or you know what i mean <laughs> yeah um so it's a it's just an entirely different thing um but all that said i i do i do really really like sean connery as as james bond uh, mm-hmm. and i think the 60s to a certain extent does him a disservice <laughs> or like his era does him a disservice despite um the the, the quality of the films and uh, yeah so uh, we have the same ranking wow again wow look at us that that doesn't usually happen at least there is something that's different maybe we will have vastly different ideas for who might be a good 
successor of Daniel Craig and the role of James Bond. Exactly. So there's one thing that I want to caveat that discussion with or start that okay. discussion with. So it's yeah. clear that this movie has distinguished between 007 and James Bond, mm-hmm. right? So I I fully believe, and you can maybe disagree with this, that there will be at least one film with Lashana Lynch as 007 and not the titular James Bond. So I think the discussion mm. we are and having... As like, sorry, as a main character? As I the believe main so. character? As the main character. If, if that happens or not, that's one thing. But my 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 more point that I'm trying to make here, mm. I think that I think there will be a movie with Lashana Lynch as the main 007. But I'd love that. I think that the discussion we should be having is who is going to be replacing James Bond, not yes. 007, right? Yes. So that's that's the distinction I want to make for what we're talking about here. Maybe maybe sorry, maybe one thing I, it didn't occur to me until just now. Can we talk about the team? Because I think. Oh, like M and Q. M, Q, Money, Penny, they're all pretty great. Oh my God, yes. In this film or just in just the Daniel in Craig general, era? Like, yeah. like the Daniel Craig era, like especially, yeah. you know, I mean, Judy Dench is amazing, but also Ralph Fiennes is great. He is uh, he's very different, but I, I like his, his like depiction too. Naomi Harris is great as Money, Penny and Ben Wishaw as Q is amazing. He's so good. I love. He's Q. really good, and I lo- I love getting like a little glimpse into him, like in the, in the <laughs> his in the life when he's life. cooking, and yeah, he has like this his, little his, Japanese like, apron on, and he's like it's so cute. It's cat. Yeah, you know they come with hair these days. That was like a funny <laughs> line too. I uh, I I w- I just want to pour one out for Idris Elba, who will probably not be a, a, the next James Bond. Yeah, who had been rumored to be the number one contender for 10 years or something like that and i would have loved to see him but he is now too old i think the thing is if they do idris elba as a james bond it will be something like just like a one-off similar to lazenby or niven or maybe two like with dalton but like it probably won't happen you're right um but if it does happen it'll just be like a one-off thing but Alas, here we are in a world where it probably won't be Idris Elba. And that's very sad, honestly. It is. And um, because you did make the distinction between 007 and James Bond, are you adamant about Bond having to be a guy? I mean, I would say yes, James Bond. It's just like, it's James Bond. I mean, obviously you could. I'm not going to be pissed if it's a girl or if it's a woman. Um, But like, I think that's that's why they make this distinction is that anyone yeah. can play 007 and mm-hmm. it's it happens to be James Bond for a while and like I would love honestly I would love a series of 007 films all with Lashana Lynch as 007 or like or another female character. I wouldn't mind like a I know I know this is like a whole thing now with franchises and MCU and Star Wars and whatever but I would just love a James Bond universe. Yeah, I mean that would never happen. No, of course not, yeah, but yeah. But I think that it's it's poignant that the films are not titled James Bond, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Right? They're titled 007. Not even titled anything. They're just like 007, da, 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 da. So it's like, yeah. it's not, it's something that is easily malleable. And I find, I think that's the direction they're going to go with. It, it is very interesting. Like, the thing is, that's, that's, huh. Because the question that I have is, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think, like, why hold on to the name James Bond yeah, in that way, exactly. right? Like, why use that name anyways? If you have, you just, like, write a different name for the person and they're still 007, they can still do all the amazing things that they want to do, right? Yeah. And if you want to recast James Bond, recast James Bond. It's like what they did with, and I don't know. Oh, man, this is really tough. So Into the Spider-Verse has a female Peter Parker, 
but mm -hmm. is she named Peter Parker? Uh, I don't think so, no. I don't think so, right? Nope. Oh, I think her name is actually just Spider-Woman. Oh, <laughs> 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 that's not great. No, um, because I like I personally would love to see Emily Blunt. Oh, no, she'd be great as 007? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean she is great. Oh, she she'd great. be awesome. But we've been talking about a lot about like things, but who is the next James Bond? Who do you think is your personal? Why I made that distinction is that because I think the movie is already set up Lashana Lynch as 007. Yeah, for sure. So it's not like, I don't think there's really a discussion in who the next 007 is because we already know who the next 007 yeah. is in my head. Yeah, they're not the ne next James Bond, yeah. Exactly, but not the next James Bond. If we will get a James Bond. Um, mm -hmm. That's another question. Will we ever get a new James Bond? <laughs> How do you want to do this? Do we pick one or do we pick four a top four or like how are we how are we doing our like lists of next our hopeful next james bonds i mean i have four people one of them i already who i already call like named uh but emily blunt yeah emily blunt is one of them and there's there's just like one name on my list that i like i could see but i and he is like widely discussed to be like a contender but i don't want him and uh, who's that uh henry cavill oh yeah god no exactly uh sorry <laughs> that was really like no uh yeah. no and then there's one that i would like in to be in the role but i don't think it's going to happen who's that tom hiddleston ah uh, yes that he's on my list like oh, i nice. would love he's my like if i all like things aside i would love him to do it but yeah. he's not but he's too famous Yeah, and but my my number one contender. I've been saying this for four five years. Who I want to be, who I personally would pick as the next James Bond, is Tom Hardy. Makes sense. Like Tom Hardy's, I'm like I, I'm really torn uh, mm. between Tom Hardy and Henry Golding as the next James Bond. James James Bond. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I thought about him the other day, and I forgot him about this. Like to write him down, but yeah, 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 yeah. They're both I great think henry golding might be a little better he has the edge because he had like tom hardy is also older he is like may might be too famous already he has venom as a thing and Ho henry golding ha has just been you know in the uh more and more in the like public consciousness and public uh like awareness and honestly would be great for the role as uh i think he's like He sort of embodies everything that James Bond exactly, be, honestly. But I, that's my pick. So nice. Another like shout out. I think Daniel Kaluuya could do a good job. Yeah, as yeah. James Bond. Just all the Sicario people again. <laughs> <laughs> Emily Blunt, <laughs> Daniel Kaluuya, Josh Brolin. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's not British. He can't do that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't know. I, I could see like Eddie Redmayne would be funny too, but he also doesn't have the physicality to do it. Uh, I think Henry, for me, Henry Golding is it. Yeah. But that's just like, yeah. or like, honestly, I would love Tom Hiddleston to do it just because yeah. like, oh. but he's not never going to do it. Like also they won't cast him, but they won't cast Loki like, the, like MCU. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's way too famous. He's the most famous person on this list. I would assume. Right. I think so. Yeah. If we go with like, just like every day and like, I don't know, like, Most people, yeah. No, yeah, for most sure. people, yes. <laughs> I was like, how do I phrase uh, phrase this without insulting anyone? <laughs> people who aren't into actually 
Yeah, yeah. Um, no, everyone. Uh, yeah, people who don't fun. know anything about cinema, the art of cinema. Oh my <laughs> just god! Go wow, watch you're just digging your hole deeper and deeper, Chris. I <laughs> you, love you're it. You're just gonna cut that, right? Oh no, none of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love all, every one of you, but you don't have taste now. <laughs> Um, okay. Ouch! Ouch! <laughs> I mean, that was a joke. No, I think objectively, Tom Hiddleston is more famous than Tom Hardy at the moment. Um, that's sad to yeah, say. Probably. Um, no, I mean, good for Tom Hiddleston. No, I mean, also Tom Hiddleston is amazing. Yeah, that's, that's the other exactly. part of that. It's not like he's not talented. There are people who are less talented that are more famous, and that's yeah. a shame. Here we are. We've come to the end. I think. No, we haven't. We haven't. Oh no. shit! Yeah, sorry. So sorry. Um. <laughs> Ah, God. I'm, I, can, I can do a transition. Yes, do a transition no. for this, please, while I quickly remember that I have to think about directors. <laughs> oh, okay. You, you fucking... Ah, I told you. I messaged you. I know you told me. I just forgot to write it down. I forgot okay. to write it down. Okay, so those, I mean, those are all really great choices, I think, like, from both of us. But ob- obviously, you know... The director is also important. We've we've talked about some movies and talked about the direction as well. And so, who do you think would make a good director for the next, and maybe like specifically the next James Bond movie? One second, one second. Uh, Ryan Coogler. Oh, nice. That's a good choice. Yeah, the first name that popped into my head was Taika Waititi. Oh yeah, I mean obviously yeah i i think it's like i don't i mean yeah he would he would do it i don't know if they would do it yeah they they already did the whole thing of like oh now we have the first non-british director or whatever yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're probably not gonna choose some like they're probably take a bread for the next time just to you know be on the safe side um i think ryan coogler is an amazing choice i personally that's not surprising to you I would love Edgar Wright to do it, but also I, I might be the only one who thinks that way because I just think he's amazing and he deserves to like get a big action thing after you know M- the MCU booted him out you know, with Ant Man. And I think I mean he can obviously do action. I think he can bring some good like comedy to it as well, which I think is important even in James Bond. The thing is, I don't think they would take a risk with someone who's too comedic. I think that's a lot of the problems. Like, I would love Taika Waititi or Edgar Wright to do it, but I doubt they will take that risk to give them the the creative um, flexibility that they need. Honestly, yeah, that's true. Like, I think that's why I think Ryan Coogler is a really good choice uh, because he, he's a safer choice in some ways for a James Bond, but is also a creative enough vision. Like, obviously, for me, it's like I want. A Ryan Johnson 007. I would yeah, even love like course. a like a Bong Joon Ho like Korean inspired like Ryan like a 007. Things will never happen, I don't think. But like the the most boring thing to me would be if they like pick someone super run of the mill. Yeah, it's just some like someone who does action movies or whatever. Exactly. Um, and I mean, Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I was wondering if that name would show up on your list. Uh, I mean, he is uh he's so fucking good he i don't think he would do it i uh, yeah i i think he would only do it if he had like a blank check yeah i think a lot of the people that we've mentioned i think like taika waititi edgar wright i uh, or denis Villeneuve, for example all three of them would just need a full blank check i think ryan coogler could work within the the system a little bit more 
I wonder to what extent Ryan and Ryan Johnson would be interested. I mean, I personally would also love Catherine Bigelow to do it, but I don't. Oh, uh, that's cool. Uh, that would be great too. But uh, again, I'm not sure like either of the parties would be interested in that. It's just like my personal taste. And that's kind of the other extreme, like Taika Waititi and Edgar Wright uh, can do action and comedy. And, uh, but they're like maybe too comedic. And uh, I think, I think, you know, Catherine Bigelow is maybe too action heavy. Yeah, so. it's interesting like to think about it like that. Maybe balance them off. Phoebe Waller-Bridge as the writer and yeah. have someone like more traditional. Mm, but I mean, Ryan Coogler is amazing. Uh, I would love that a lot. Yeah, I, I he was, I was also thinking about him not not by name, but I was like, who is the guy again who did the the, uh, the five part series about like Caribbeans in London? <laughs> like, I need to look this name up for my list, and then I didn't. What? Didn't he do like a five part movie series about I think people from the Caribbean in London or something like that? I don't know. That's all good, <laughs> but yeah. So we we have we all, we obviously have good taste. So all of those are great choices. All right, here we are. Um, we have casted our Bond and chosen our directors for the next uh, James Bond film, and we've come to the end of our discussion. Chris, thank you so much for joining me on this conversation, preparing for with me as well. So I'm not out there left to dry by myself. Thank you so much. My pleasure, as always. It's been a fun ride. I love talking about 007 and talking about Bond more than I expected, honestly. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I think, you know, it's not something that I spent so much time delving into, uh, but it is something that I definitely enjoy and have come to enjoy more and more over the last 15 years of this most recent era. And also, like, that's most of our adult lives. But <laughs> here we are. Thank you so much. And. I guess we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, it's interesting to talk about that because I don't know. I did prepare for it, but it it doesn't take like any research because it's all in my mind anyway. Because James Bond is just so present, and I I I have opinions, so uh, it's it's fun to talk about it. And yeah, I I just have high hopes for the next one. All right, um, and with that said. Chris, if people liked listening to the show, if they uh, loved our takes or hated our takes on James Bond, what should they do to support us? Uh, you should definitely rate uh, and review us wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever. Uh, give us those five stars so that other people can find the show more easily. And that would just you know help us tremendously. And if they wanted to get in contact, should they do anything for that? What should they do? Yeah, so the way you do it is that uh, you write a letter and then you uh, put it on a carrier pigeon. And uh, no, uh, you go to our website, seriallyhooked.com, where you can find all of our contact info. There is like a contact form on the website itself. You can find our email address where you can reach us. And you can also write us a tweet at seriallyhooked on Twitter. I promise I was laughing at your carrier pigeon joke, but I just like went away from the mic so I don't <laughs> interrupt you. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, fucking Germany, then. It's just Germany, honestly. Fucking d -d -d Germany. <laughs> is there a is there a hook thing about Germany? Something. Um, something. Something. Sub show.
about Germany with a hook pun in the title. Uh, we have to figure it out. Yeah. 